Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 161. We're going to talk about a question that's been raised that has a lot of merit that I think deserves to be discussed. If you don't have a pitcher, should you really have a team? But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Along the lines of supporting everything fast pitch, go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can become a patron, Coach Don and I desperately need your help. We need to get more people to come on board to help support what we're doing with everything fast pitch and coach prep. The reality of it is that we're still in the red. We've made some progress. We've done a a good job of adding some patrons here in the last few months, but we still need more people to come on board and help us. Coach Don and I love getting together to do the podcast, but the reality of it is that there's a point here in the future where losing money every month is just something I'm not going to be willing to, to continue to do. So if you see value in what we're doing, if you can help us out, please go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So I was going to say, Torian, too, if, if you've got a business that we can recognize here, um, we'd be excited to have a new sponsored segment, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, if, you're, if you're in a position where advertising is a way for you to help us out, yeah. too, that would be great. Don, the question is a simple one. And we see this a lot in different settings. Sometimes it's the travel ball world. Sometimes it's the rec level. Sometimes it's even school ball where we have teams that are trying to play this game, but they have no pitching or they have no one who I guess is at least an experienced pitcher. And what ends up happening is we keep seeing games, keep hearing about games where the score is, you know, 19 to nothing, 25 to nothing, you know, those kinds of games. And it's not that the team that scores all the runs is you know, just mashing the ball all over the place, but it's like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine walks in a row. It's the games get to be such debacles that, you know, one team is leading off early and getting called out for leaving on purpose, you know, stepping off the base to to get outs so that their team can actually get a chance to play defense. And to me, there's something really out of whack with that, with that picture. Yeah, no, that makes it tough. And again, if we're playing fast pitch, we need fast pitch pitchers, right? I mean, if we're just trying to create an environment for the kids to have a, a team to play on and for a group of people to get together and, and have fun, everybody can pitch slow pitch, right? Right. So maybe we need to transfer over if we're not able to facilitate a, a real pitcher because pitching is a big part of the game. If you've got really good pitching, you can have a lot of fun. If, uh, you know, even if we're not able to score tons of runs, if we can, if we can keep them at bay, that's exciting softball for sure. And we can right. get better with our hitting, but we're on a team that we're vulnerable because we don't have really deep, you know, deep pitching. Let's make sure that we're networked enough where we can round somebody up for that weekend that we've got planned to play. And so the kids all get a chance to go out and play, but uh, yeah, without pitching, we're in trouble. There's several reasons why I thought this was a fun topic for this week. One, 
is that it's the fall season, and every day that I look at Facebook, I see hundreds of posts of teams looking for pitchers. Right. Now, almost all of those teams are looking for the quote-unquote bracket pitcher. They're all looking for the great pitcher that's... A number one. Right, that's going to, you know fit the category you were just talking about of the pitcher that's good enough that it makes it a whole lot of fun to play this game. You know, they're throwing strikes, they're getting some strikeouts, they're they're pitching at a high level. And so on the on the spectrum of pitching, we have the teams that have the good fortune of having a great or very good pitcher. So they're the pitchers that we all want to have, that we wish we all had, that once upon a time it seemed like we had a lot more of, but for whatever reason in this last 10 years or so the number of I think we just have so many more teams. Yeah, and, and the number of kids that fit into this group seem to be so much smaller. And so whether it's that there's so many more teams that we don't have enough pitchers to cover all the teams, or um, there's not as many kids that want to pitch, and I think it's a combination of both. I think it's way, way more teams and, and less kids that are willing to do the work to become that quote-unquote great to really good pitcher. Second group is the kid who pitches, she's not going to get any strikeouts, she's not going to really fool the other team that much, but she's good enough that she can throw strikes. They're going to have to hit it. They're going to have to hit it. So so in a lot of these situations, teams would be overjoyed if they had that pitcher, right. the kid who's good enough to throw strikes so that everybody else gets to play softball. Yes. So that's the second category. That category is still a positive one to be in. Now we're starting to get into the, the in scarier the parts of this yeah. discussion. We have the next level of teams that think they have pitchers, but they're just not good at it yet. So it might be entry level where they're learning how, but they're still so inconsistent that they don't throw very many strikes. They're not entry level, but they're just not very talented and they are not very good at it. So they still just don't throw enough strikes or they don't you know allow the game to be played at a, at a reasonable level. That level to me is the one that I think we're really talking about because I think that the, that happens more often than we than we wish it did. And we talked about this several weeks ago that I went to watch a couple of middle school games because I've been working with a bunch of middle school kids. The games were, you know, game one was two to one. It was a fun game. You know, both, both teams played real softball. Both teams had pitchers that were throwing strikes and, and the games were pretty decent. Game two of the doubleheader was, you know, 19 to 17 and it was no hitting and all walking. Right. And those games were a nightmare. You can see even with certain teams that it might be both situations. They have one really good pitcher and one that's not good yet. How we're going to keep that in perspective, I think, matters about the level that we're at. If it's an entry-level team, if it's a rec league team, you know, whatever it might be, you know, a developmental team, then knowing that we're going to have to suck it up and get through it while those kids figure it out, that might be part of the job description. But I always keep thinking about, uh, you know, one of my favorite baseball movies of all time, Bull Durham, when, when Nuke first starts pitching. Nuke LaRouche. Yeah. And the, and the very first game that he pitches, two coaches are in the office talking about after the game is like, 18 walks, new league record. 19 wild pitches, new league record. Hit the bat, you know, the bat boy once, new league record. But then I was like, 14 strikeouts, new league record, right? <laughs> and I, I think back to this is one, Don, that you'll be able to really um, understand. I was there when Wendy Wolf first learned how to pitch. And I was there when you know, Wendy went from never having thrown a pitch in her entire life to being the kid that was a college All-American. So she was a, the, the total unicorn story in this game. I was going to say, knowing how good she was, I thought she was yeah, pitching she, when she was two. Yeah, Part, part of yeah. why I think she was so good in college is she wasn't worn out from having been pitching since she was six or seven. That's a good thought, too. Yeah. In her situation, 
you know, she spent a year learning how to pitch enough that it got to the point where finally we let her pitch in a game. And that first game, she was Nuke Lelouch. You know, I think she, she threw, threw hard. Three, yeah, I think she threw three innings. She definitely had nine strikeouts, but she probably had at least nine walks and nine wild pitches. And in that situation, I was ready to sign up for it because I figured, well, you know, it's going to be hard for a while, but if she figures this out, it's going to be really good. Well, Exciting. she figured it out and it got to be really good. That's part of what I think all of you as coaches have to be thinking about in your situation. If you're working with that young, inexperienced player who's a pitcher who's just not good yet, but she could be, then you're going to have to ride it out. So now the last group that we're talking about, and this is the one that I'm seeing this happening now, and it's happening with some school teams, it's happening with some travel teams, that they are putting teams together, and they have zero pitching. They have no one who's pitched on their roster. Now, you know, you mentioned it before, Don, you know, the, the situation being connected enough that we can pick up some pitchers, yeah. you know, to, to get through the weekend. Well, you can do that for a while, but if we don't have pitching at all, if we don't have pitchers on our roster that are at least at that point of, okay, we know it's going to be brutal for a while, but there's potential for them to get good someday. Why do we have teams? And if I'm a school ball team, I'm totally trapped, right? I mean, it's not like I can go you know, pick up the phone and call some kid at some other school and say, hey, you want to come over and, play, and pitch for us this weekend? It's we like, if you're start, not on my team... We need to start creating a developmental program right. so that we're getting some along yeah. the way. Yeah. So, and and you know, way back when, when I first started coaching at the high school level, we had very restrictive rules about what we could do. One of the things that I was able to do is I was able to do pitching clinics for very young players. Yeah. And so you know, we would have you know third, fourth, fifth graders coming in to do you know basically pitching clinics, but you know kind of you know Workouts. lessons with us, yeah. with the idea of hopefully teaching some of them how to pitch well enough that you know by the time they got to the high school or we'd have pitching create the interest. You know, we had the unfortunate situation that some of those kids ended up going to the local uh, Catholic school instead of the public school, so I was you know developing players for somebody else. But we still got some pitchers out of it. And so that was our, our system then of trying to develop a feeder program. So, so what do we do if, if we're in that situation? You know, we're, we're, we've got a JV team at the high school, or we've got a varsity team <clears throat> at the high school, and we've got a roster of you know, 12, 13, 14 kids, but zero pitchers. I was going to say, and it's, it's, it's not odd for us here to have people come in and talk with the pitching coaches to try and find out who's around, who maybe doesn't have a team, who might not be getting enough work um, with the team that they are on to try and figure out. And that's part of the networking thing, right? Right. Um, go and find out who's, who's doing it, who's coming along, doing a good job or new in the area you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But so to me, it's, it's, uh, uh, a very simple question, um, if we don't have pitching, we're not playing softball. We're doing something. You can't have fun. Yeah, yeah, but we're not having fun. And we're probably not developing other players as much as we need to or we want to uh, because of the fact that the pitching is, is so problematic that we can't really even play softball. So if I'm coaching at a school-level team and I've got nobody on my roster that can pitch, well, obviously we've got a team, we've got to play a schedule. I'm going to teach them the most rudimentary, fundamental thing that can give us a chance for them to throw strikes. And if it means they're throwing strikes that have an arc on it, it means that they're you know using a little uh, instead of a full windmill and a big stride that they're just you know basically stepping off the mound and doing Tramp. the old slingshot you know little. I'm seeing you line everybody up. Everybody's trying it, right? Well, and and you might end up having to do that. Of course, you know in in the modern world, if you've got your school ball program and you've got a kid who's the shortstop on her travel team, just the best athlete. Yeah. She might be willing to be your pitcher, 
but she might not. Now, I, I have a girl that I work with, Audrey, that's a, a really talented player. In her school situation, she's ended up becoming their pitcher, one of their pitchers, because they didn't have enough pitching. And because she was a good player and a good athlete, she learned enough to be able to be pretty effective at it. We've had a um, few kids like that, yeah. yeah. But um, And they're happy, in the most, most part, they're happy to do it because they know the alternative's not very good either. Right. We have to sell it. We have to convince those kids that, you know, that it's a way for them to learn something different about the game. But we've got to figure out a way to get somebody on our team that can throw strikes enough that the ball's going to be put in play. And once we've done that, and and, and, and wear all the armor you can. But the one thing that we see all the time, and this is something that, you know, I'll never be able to wrap my head around. If you throw somebody out there that's pitching 40 miles an hour and the ball's got a little bit of an arc on it, they're probably going to be way more effective than that average to mid-level pitcher that's throwing the speed everybody likes. I was going to say, if they can throw three strikes before they throw four (laughs) balls, right? Way back when, when I first started coaching, I did a lot of umpiring. And I can remember how hard it was for me from an umpiring perspective. You have that girl that's out there throwing the ball 30 miles an hour, and it does have an arc on it. And you're trying to figure out where it is as it crosses home plate in relationship to the batter and if it's really a strike, thinking how, you know, how frustrated the teams would get because what they were used to seeing it's just so different. was different than what, what was being, being thrown at them that day. So if you don't have pitching, do you have a team? I'd say no. So if we don't have pitching, we've got to figure out a way to develop it within the kids that we have. And if that means you're lucky enough to have an athlete that can learn how to pitch, that's great. If you don't, you've got to figure out somebody that can make their arm go back and forward, enough consistency, as you said, Don, to throw three strikes before they throw four balls. And then, as you said, Tori, start the developmental program Yeah, and, so, and, so you don't have this issue down the road. And, and for our travel ball friends, if you're supposed to be playing a tournament in two weeks and you don't have a pitcher, you don't have a team. This whole, you know, scrambling around at the last minute, finding that the, the, the pickup pitcher every week so you can keep playing from week to week is not playing softball. That's just, that's just we're, Russian roulette. We're, we're, yeah, we're pushing it too hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I understand that your daughter wants to be the shortstop, but if your daughter doesn't have a friend who also wants to be the pitcher, maybe we need to be looking at different teams. Yeah, no, that's a tough call. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode number 161. As always, make sure you support Anderson Bat Company and patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your Square Cuts training discs there. You can also have access to all the blogs and the YouTube channel. And make sure you reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com with suggestions, questions, and ideas. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.